Does Qui-Gon showing up make sense? That's what we're gonna talk about in today's video. I hope you're all having a nice day so far. Qui-Gon is my favorite Jedi in all of Star Wars. Now, my favorite character overall is Anakin, but I would say the Jedi that I would wanna to strive to be like when I'm older is definitely Qui-Gon Jinn. You know, very composed, very centered, but also not really like a teacher's pet. You know, he kind of, he's kind of a rebel a little bit and he strays away from the, the certain rules, you know, when he thinks that that's, that's kind of the will of the force. That's the way to go. So, okay, him showing up in Kenobi was by far the most emotional scene for me. That was what kind of broke me down and I was tearing up pretty good as you guys saw during the watch party. And for me, I, I loved seeing him. You know, it was, ap apart from the fact of what we're going to talk about here, which is that it's, it goes against canon, it goes against what, what George had made. It was beautiful to see Liam Neeson again back in his iconic role, and it immediately took me back to being nine years old when I saw Qui-Gon Jinn in theaters in 1999 when The Phantom Menace came out. And that was a beautiful time, let me tell you. You know, seeing the prequels in theaters when you're a kid and then becoming a teenager, episode two and three, it's a very, very beautiful experience, and I'm sure those of you who experienced the original trilogy back in 77, 80, and 83, you know exactly what I'm talking about, especially in the 80s. So, I think, for me, while it was definitely canon-breaking, and there's no way around it, it is canon-breaking. It, it should not happen. Now, do I want it to happen? Yeah, absolutely. No, I think we can get some really beautiful stories with Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, the only difference here is that instead of just hearing his voice, we'll actually see him in his real form, which is awesome. So a few things here do we need to explain. So obviously George made it so that Qui-Gon Jinn couldn't appear in his actual body. You couldn't see him, you could only hear his voice. Now, why is this? So there are these ascended beings called the Wills, and they're kind of like priests, they're kind of like, they just know more about the Force than even Yoda, than many other people. And they were the ones who taught him how to transcend his essence, his consciousness, into the Force when his physical body dies. And he had been studying this in The Phantom Menace, before The Phantom Menace, and he had learned how to do it. And this is how he actually ended up being a voice to Yoda in The Clone Wars, a voice sort of to Anakin, but he, Anakin wasn't open or receptive to hearing it, which is kind of like what we learn in uh, Kenobi when he says, you know, I was always here. You just weren't ready to see me, um, which I thought was really nice. So him showing up definitely goes against a lot of things. And of course, George had it where it was impossible for him to turn into his physical form because he had never completed his training. And that was the whole dire thing of it, was that he died before he could complete his training so that he could become a Force ghost. And of course, he wrote it like this because, well, Qui-Gon isn't in the original trilogy. So it wouldn't really make sense for him to be able to show up as a Force ghost, but then never show up to Luke or Obi-Wan or anything like that that we saw, you know, on Dagobah and, you know, hang with Yoda or whatever. So how the heck did he do this? How are they going to explain this? This also goes against their own canon, Disney's own canon, which said that Qui-Gon appeared in the real form, in his physical form, as a ghost, to Obi-Wan Kenobi right before the events of A New Hope. So literally before Obi-Wan was going to meet Luke. So now he's appeared to him 10 years before that event. There was a scene in Revenge of the Sith where Yoda is meditating on Polis Massa, which is the planet or the moon that they take Padme to to give birth to Luke and Leia. And just before he's interrupted by Bail Organa, there's actually a deleted scene where you can find it 
on YouTube, the deleted scenes from the bonus disc of Revenge of the Sith, disc number two, where Yoda is actually talking with Qui-Gon. And in that part, we just don't get it in the movie, but it's there in the bonus disc, and it's also there in the book, where Qui-Gon is speaking to Yoda at that time, and he's saying, hey, look, I have learned how to transfer my consciousness into the Force. And as we saw in the Clone Wars, he had already reached out to him. So at this point, Yoda isn't, like, super surprised. Clone Wars came out after Revenge of the Sith, so this was the first actual adaptation of him showing up as a Force ghost, as a voice. And this is when Yoda tells Qui-Gon, teach you to commune with him, I will. Much training I have for you on Tatooine. So it's definitely canon that George wanted Obi-Wan to be able to speak with Qui-Gon Jinn. Now him showing up as a Force ghost, many people won't know, but it definitely goes against canon in the sense that he didn't complete his training and he could never complete his training once he died. Now, we can go into detail, and, you know, Disney will probably come up with something like, oh, well, you know, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn learned some things in the next realm about becoming a Force ghost, and essentially he advanced his training, completed his training with the Wills or whoever, and learned how to manifest his whole body. I mean, sure, you know, we, we can talk about it like that, but at the end of the day, yes, it definitely goes against canon, against, well, against George's canon, but now it's uh, something different, and I honestly don't mind. This is the one thing that I really don't mind if they actually change that, because Qui-Gon showing up as a Force ghost gives us so many beautiful stories of connection between Obi-Wan and his former master. We can hear things about, like, you know, them talking about uh, Anakin, about Padme, about the kids, about his former life, Qui-Gon's former life, about Dooku. There's so many different things that we can now see the expressions on Qui-Gon's face instead of just hearing his voice. Now, in Attack of the Clones was the first time we actually heard Qui-Gon's voice when uh, Anakin destroys and terminates the Tusken Raiders. And Qui-Gon is like, Anakin, Anakin, no! And it trails off and we get the swipe and Yoda's meditating in his chambers and then Mace Windu walks in and he's like, Pain! I feel terrible pain! And of course they're talking about Anakin. So that was really the first time that Qui-Gon reached out in the Force. And I guess it was such a big moment for Qui-Gon where he was like, you are now entering down a path that you should not. And this is going to be a very slippery slope because once you get a taste of the dark side, it's just going to be easier and easier for you to tap into, right? It's like the ring. It's like the one ring. Once you wear it a little bit, it starts to grow heavy, you start to grow weaker, but you're becoming addicted to it. You can't let it go. And that's kind of like what the dark side is like. It grabs a hold of you. It's easier. It's faster. It's um, You can submit to it much more loosely than uh, the light side, which requires more composure and self-control. And that's one thing I will always give to Obi-Wan Kenobi is that, you know, he lost his master. He lost his best friend, his brother, He you know, Anakin. He lost his girlfriend. He lost all the Jedi, you know, and he never once deviated. He never once turned to the dark side. He got sad, but he never turned to the dark side. And I think that's the true, true definition of a Jedi. Whereas Anakin was just very much into his own feels. And, you know, this is what makes him such an interesting character, I think, because he it's very realistic that a lot of us are kind of weak when it comes to that. You know, we, we do give in to our emotions at times. And I think the character arc is awesome when you don't given to that eventually. You know, it's like Luke started out whiny farm boy, becomes a very composed Jedi Knight. And I think, you know, when you are able to see the stark contrast, it's cool. But with Obi-Wan, he was always just kind of very disciplined, and I always admired that. 
So, okay, what did we go over? We went over Qui-Gon reaching out to Anakin. Yoda can maybe hear it too in Attack of the Clones. He reaches out to Yoda in the Clone Wars, and then he also reaches out to Yoda again on Polis Masa and teaches him how to commune with Obi-Wan. Now that Qui-Gon is in the picture, he can probably also get messages from Yoda and relay them to Obi-Wan and maybe teach him to commune with Yoda as well. I mean, if you can commune with people that are dead, you can definitely commune with people that are like on another planet somewhere. You know, so I'm, I'm sure... Maybe if they're strong enough in the Force, Obi-Wan will be able to learn this technique and talk with Yoda as well. Maybe he'll even go visit him. I don't really know. If he's going to leave Tatooine again in Season 2, I think that would be just a little comical at this point. I mean, it was already canon-breaking enough that he left in Season 1. But, okay, let's just let that slide. Now he's really got to, you know, double down and sit on Tatooine and just be there for, like, the next 10 years. Which gives us a lot of moments of him and Qui-Gon Jinn, which is cool. So in recap, of course, while it doesn't make sense, you know, it's not canon that he shows up as a Force ghost. He's never supposed to be able to. Uh, now that it's Disney Star Wars, I'm much more lenient on things because I'm just like, well, it's not George anyways, so we'll just see what happens. Sort of treating it like an almost fan fiction in some cases. The things I like, I pick out as canon. The things I don't like, I just revert back to the books or the comics, uh, Dark Horse comics or the movies or whatever it was that George had created and I just kind of keep them separate. So with Qui-Gon back, I'm very hopeful that we'll get to see much more of him, and I'm hopeful that we get to see a lot more of Obi-Wan's connection with him, and as well as Qui-Gon's stories. You know, this could really open up... I mean, they could even make a whole show about Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan sitting sort of like a never-ending story type of thing where they're sitting around a campfire or whatever it might be, and we're just getting flashbacks while Qui-Gon is narrating and Obi-Wan is asking questions. I mean, we could go back to him and Dooku. We could go back to him as a Padawan. We could go back to Dooku as a Padawan. We could go back to so many different things of maybe even alternate scenarios, and they could really have fun with it. Could be animated. It could be live action, whatever. So anyways, that's what I think about Qui-Gon Jinn showing up in the real form, in the physical form, even though it breaks canon and goes against his actual lack of training with the wills, it still is fun to see on screen, and it's emotional nonetheless. So um, let me know what you guys think about it. Do you agree? Do you think it's cool that he's back and nice? Or do you wish they just stuck to canon and just left him to be a voice in the Force? Which would have been fine too, because we still would have gotten him, but I think this is much more fulfilling. Well, thanks for watching today's vid. I'll catch you on the next one. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you always. Thank you.